Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome back to the Grave Plot Podcast. This is episode 44. Fofo. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. Um, before we get started, I want to tell you about a fun little website called Musician's Friend. Uh, those of you that are familiar with Guitar Center, um, they're basically one and the same. And those of you who are musicians know them as your friend. Yeah. Um, but the good thing is that if you go to musiciansfriend.graveplotpodcast.com, you get free shipping on any order. Um, so that's pretty sweet. Any order? As far as I know. Hot damn. <laughs> as far as you know. <laughs> um, so uh, that's pretty sweet. You can get all kinds of equipment, like basically anything you need musically. Uh, you get at musiciansfriend.com. Um, yeah, I mean, even if you're a podcaster, it's definitely nice. Pick up mics and cables and mixers and shit. Uh, yeah, so musiciansfriend.greatplotpodcast.com. Free shipping on any order. So, how's it going? Pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. What's new? Uh, I started watching The Strain. Oh, did you? Yeah. How is it? Uh, I'm only two episodes in, but it's pretty good so far. Yeah? Yeah. I you know I, I sat down to watch it um, on cable, and it's like, I pay for cable. I expect those cable shows to be available on my on-demand that I, well, they say I'd, it's free, but I'm paying for it. I mean, let's be real. Um, and, uh, yeah, all they had was season two. They had season one. Oh, really? Yeah. All the, <laughs> they had season one available to buy. It's like, no, I'm already paying you over $100 a month, so. Maybe you bite me. Yeah, kiss both sides of my ass. Um, so, yeah, I might have to find it elsewhere. Because mm. God knows Comcast doesn't need any more of my fucking money. Word. Um, they get all the money. They do get all the money. Uh, what else? Uh, Tell me about yourself. Tell me about your life. I don't know. I don't think I really got anything else too exciting going on. Moving at the end of the month. Right. Have you made any real preparations for that yet? Uh, Not really. All right. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to get Comcast, I think. Oh, because you have... Really fast.net. Oh, yeah. It's some small local company. Right, that works in what, like a two-block radius? No, it's certain (laughs) buildings. Oh, really? They they have contracts with the apartment complexes. So could you not get Comcast here if you wanted to? I could if I wanted to. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, so you can join the club. That'll be fun. Uh, I've begun loosening my asshole now. Yeah. Uh, I did discover that somehow it's cheaper. Like, if you want, like, fast internet, because we have... um, 50 megs. I think that's what I was looking at. Yeah. Um, apparently, it's like actually cheaper to get or to package it with um, cable. I don't know how that works, but it is. Hmm. Apparently, they just, if you get a package, they make it cheaper. I got a package for them. Uh, yeah, so join the Comcast family. Join us. <laughs> join us. Gobble gobble. <laughs> um, yeah. What was new in your zoo? Um, 
not a whole lot. Uh, I don't want to bring things down too much, but today was a little rough because uh, it's uh, six months to the day that my my brother passed, so it's been uh, kind of an emotional roller coaster today. Yeah, I can imagine. And it's it's also the month of his birthday, so right. Um. Anyway, but I mean, yeah. Aside from that, uh, just work. Work pretty much consumes my life. Working like a dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, been Which, I don't know where that phrase came from. My dog's fucking lazy as shit. <laughs> <laughs> my, well, my dog's really active, but he like won't do anything you tell him to. So, um, but no, aside from that, uh, I mean, keep it steady with my diet. I haven't gone to the gym uh, lately just because of shit. <laughs> Good. You know, you know that shit that happens. Cool story. Yeah. Uh, but I've lost 11 pounds. Congratulations. Thank you. So I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with that. Well, not like I'm going to stop. <laughs> 11 and pounds done. is my goal. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it's been uh, pretty nice. Cool. Yeah. Um. Uh, I know if, if you listened to the last episode and if you could hear it at the end, uh, we said that we were going to have a, a special guest this episode yes. who's going to join us for the whole episode. Unfortunately, due to scheduling conflicts, um, actually on our end, so it's our fault, yeah. uh, that fell through, but it is scheduled for a later time. Yeah. So yeah. it's just us today. Yeah, sorry, guys. I uh, He's got to take his dog to a fucking corgi walk or some <laughs> shit. That's mostly my wife. Come on. My wife. <laughs> my wife. Um, but, yeah, like, it's just nice to get out of, out of the town or out of town, you know. It doesn't really matter where it is. just getting away from everything. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, even if it is Portland. <laughs> Sorry, Portland people. <laughs> uh, even if it is Seattle light. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's my fault. We're scheduled to record on our usual recording day, which is Saturday, but I'm leaving town, so and our guest couldn't do it today, which is Thursday. Right, this is Thursday, uh, August 13th. Thursday the 13th. Yeah. Um, so in case anything breaks over the weekend and you're wondering why we're not reporting on it, that's why. Yep. Um, yeah, so I guess that's everything for us, right? Or is there anything else you want to add? Um, that's all I got. Okay. Uh, well, why don't we just do horror business? Let's do it. All right, first story is, uh, real life horror. True story. God damn it. Stop trying to make that happen. <laughs> oh, it's happening. Um. It just happened. <laughs> Yeah, I wish we could do this every episode, except for that part. Um, <laughs> what, real world horror? Yeah. I mean, that was our goal, but it just wasn't as consistent as we thought it was going to be. That's kind of a fucked up thing to say, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me rephrase. I was hoping that this... No, that's not even better. There's no way you could... <laughs> I thought it would be interesting to have a real-life horror segment every episode. Okay. Well, we got two of them this episode, so... Yes, we do. Uh, but, first up, uh, a 68-year-old Russian woman 
decided that she was going to kill and eat 14 people. I don't know if 14 was like her predetermined, like, that seems like a good amount of people to eat. It's a nice round number, (laughs) uh, divisible by seven, which is lucky. True. (laughs) Um, And she would have gotten away with it, too, if she she hadn't been caught caught hauling her 79-year-old friend's body in a plastic bag. Um. I don't know who found her. Maybe neighbor, maybe. Uh, I think they found her on surveillance tape. Oh, maybe. I don't so know. So the, uh, the building manager or whatever. Although I kind of get the impression she was the building manager. All right. I, I didn't read the story, so I'm not sure. I'm just, well, I'm just in, stating the facts here. In in her journal, they found, which which uh, detailed the killings, it said, I killed my tenant, Voloja, mm. cut him to pieces in the bathroom with a knife put the pieces of his body in plastic bags and threw them away. Right. Uh, yeah, the police raided her uh, apartment and, yeah, found her diaries, uh, including her, the murder of her husband. Yeah. So she was dedicated. Yeah. Or just things weren't good at home. And her name is Tamara Samsonova, but the media has dubbed her Granny Ripper. Clever. Clever, so clever. name. I've also heard her referred to as Granny Bull Lecter. Ah, uh, that's a little better. Um, she pled guilty, so she, she was just kind of thinking, ain't no thing. Um, she said that she intended to be caught and wanted to be punished. Excuse me. Uh, she said to the judge, you decide, Your Honor. Uh, I'm guilty and deserve a punishment. So there you go. All right. <laughs> She uh, she she likes to get punished. Yeah, and they like to punish people in Russia. That's true. Uh, yeah. So yeah, she's going away. She is going away. Um, it's just amazing what even old people are capable of. For real. I mean, this is something you expect from somebody in like their thirties or forties, but not their sixties. Sixty-eight. Yeah. You didn't think she? I wouldn't think she'd have like the the, the stamina. She, I wouldn't think she was spry enough to do it. Well, I mean, like this the the one person that she got caught hauling was seventy nine, so it's not like she's going after young people. Good point. But she did kill her tenant. No, no saying how old he was. That's true. And it's a man. You know, I mean, that's true. Maybe she snuck up on him though. Yeah. Or maybe she was an ex bodybuilder or something. Maybe. Maybe she was ex, like, KGB. That could be. Mm. So that's that. She's fucked. That happened. (laughs) So our second... Uh, true story. Not going to do it. <laughs> a woman in North Carolina was attacked in her home by an axe-wielding clown. This is my nightmare. <laughs> this actually happened. A person wearing a clown mask and a multicolored wig showed up at her house at 4.30 Friday morning. This was, I assume, last Friday. Uh, and began to swing his axe at her. Do we know where Krusty Bumbles is right now? <laughs> Have we seen him in the past week? Krusty, we want you to call in and tell us your whereabouts. 
at approximately 4.30 a.m. on Friday morning. If it's anywhere near Hickory, North Carolina, we need to talk. (laughs) Uh, The woman was able to remove the attacker's mask and discovered it was an acquaintance of hers who then fled. So maybe it wasn't Krusty unless she works at Nightmare Beaver Lake or something. Or he knows people in North Carolina. Maybe he does. We don't know what Krusty does on his off hours. Yeah, he's got his own life. We don't. We don't interfere. <laughs> uh, luckily, no one was injured, and the Hickory Police Department spokesperson, Crystal Dieter, told Time Magazine that there was an outstanding warrant against the suspect. Any law enforcement officer who comes in contact with the suspect in question will have full ability to arrest him, Dieter said. I would hope so. You'd think. I mean, breaking and entering <laughs> at the least. Assault with attempted a deadly Attempted murder at the most. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's, I mean, what else would they do? It's like, hey, you, stop right there. Can I talk to you? <laughs> no. Okay. We'll move along then. If you change your mind, I'd really like to. You take my card. <laughs> give me a call. Uh, yeah, this might be like the worst thing that could happen, just to have a <laughs> fucking clown coming after you with an axe. What, what is the fear of clowns? Chlorophobia? I don't remember. Something like that. Um, I wonder if this woman like had it already. If she didn't, she does now. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, I, I imagine the, the fear of it was cut a little bit because she knows the person. Well, yeah, but she didn't know that until she took his mask off. True. Uh, it's fucked up, man. Hella fucked up. <laughs> news everyone <laughs> nightmare on elm street something that was fucked up once already uh is gonna be fucked up again probably um, i mean well i mean let's be honest nightmare was fucked up from dream child on i kind of liked uh new nightmare okay new, uh I don't really consider. <laughs> I don't consider New Nightmare part of the series, though. Oh, okay. I consider that a separate thing, because if I mean anybody that's seen it knows that that's not Freddy. It's an evil entity that took the form of Freddy. Yeah. So, so I, I, I mean, and it obviously exists in the real world. So I don't consider that a nightmare movie. Okay. But and then yeah. So yeah, I mean, four, five, and six were fucking awful. Um, but yeah, so they're going to remake it again. Uh, you know, I might all rec- remember was the 2010 Ten. remake, the, the travesty by Samuel Bayer, who Taylor's taking great pleasure in the fact that he has directed what two music videos since then? Uh, uh, two short films and a My Chemical Romance musical vi- music video. Yeah. So, fuck that guy and his shitty... Does anyone even still listen to My Chemical Romance? I don't know. I mean... I think all the 14-year-old emo girls have grown up and are not 14 years old anymore, so they Right. Now they're all hipsters. Yeah. Now they listen to Iron and Wine or something. Yeah. That's... Have you noticed that transition? Like, there was a real big thing with hardcore. Like, there's so many just hardcore kids. People listen to, like, 
fucking comeback kid and shit. And uh, then the paradigm shifted, and all those same people became emo kids. Yeah. And then the paradigm shifted again, and now they're all hipsters, and they listen to indie music. It's scene kids. Yeah. Whatever the scene is, that's where they are. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Did you see the article that came out? I think either last night or today from the uh, makeup artist for the remake. No, he he said the whole movie was a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he he said that the reason the makeup looks so shitty is because of too much CGI. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. no. no, I mean the the idea of making him look like a burn victim was dumb to begin with. But sure, I mean it was novel. I'll give him that. Sure, but the execution was shit. Yeah. Uh and you know why would you fuck with that? So what if may so what if his burns like the original Freddy, you know Robert England? So what if his burns didn't look realistic necessarily? Well, like we I think we've talked about it on the show before, but they wanted him to look like a burn victim, but the problem is a burn victim has scar tissue because their skin is still alive. Freddy died. He's a ghost. More or less. Yeah. So he would look like what he looked like at the moment of his death. Well, I mean, burn victims, even if they're if their flesh is not burned off, like if you think of like when you heat up plastic, it gets shiny. Yeah. That's what happens to human skin too. You know, at a certain temperature, it's, it essentially starts to melt, but doesn't burn necessarily. So, as far as that realism goes, they. Kind of got it there, but I mean, the look of Freddy is iconic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't suddenly change Jason's hockey mask. I mean, you wouldn't. I mean, not only would you not change it to a different kind of mask, you wouldn't even update the look. Like, you wouldn't make it look like a modern goalie mask. Right. Uh, Michael Myers, you wouldn't suddenly change. You wouldn't suddenly make it not a white William Shatner mask. Right. That would just be stupid. Um, so when they decided, oh, we're going to go more realistic, it's going to look like a real bird victim. <laughs> Fuck Michael Bay. Uh, yeah, they fucked up when they did that. Anyway, but this uh, one... Uh, God, this makes me sad. Um, anyway, it's being written by David Leslie Johnson... Uh, as a writer behind uh, Orphan, which wasn't a terrible movie. The Conjuring 2, which has not come out yet. Right? Right. Um, but The Conjuring 1 sucked. Um, and The Walking Dead, I assume he writes episodes from time to time. Right. Um, so, I mean, not an awful writer, I guess. Right. So that's something. Um, Toby Emmerich, Walter Hamada, and Dave Newstater will oversee the project for New Line. Uh, there's been no mention of Platinum Dune's involvement yet. Let's hope it stays that way. Cross your fingers. Because every time Michael Bay touches something, it... Explodes. Explodes. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be cool if it wasn't for if it wasn't fucking Michael Bay. Um, there is a rumor. Don't know the 
what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Don't know if it holds water. Okay. Um, there's a rumor, though, that instead of recasting Freddy or recreating the look, they might just do an all CGI Freddy. Fuck you. Fuck me. Fuck whoever's idea that was. That's the biggest fucking piece of nonsense I've ever heard. I mean, Part of the reason the remake sucked the first time was that there was too much CGI. Exactly. Uh, so why would why would you just recreate the same bullshit that it fucked it up the first time? You're gonna have actors like acting to a tennis ball and just no, don't do that. Come on. Yeah. CGI works when you need somebody uh, interacting with the Hulk. Right. Or a robot. Somebody uh, who couldn't exist in real life. Right. Um, there's absolutely no excuse for doing it for a man that just wears makeup. Yeah. That's just lazy. It's absurd. Um you know, a lot of people are talking about, it's like, oh, bring Robert England back. It's like, well, that would be nice maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. He's pretty old now. Yeah. If, if you're going to bring him back, then you're you're not committing yourself to a franchise at that point. Yeah. And what's the point of a remake if you're recasting the same person? That's true. He's making another sequel at that point. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's like with with Friday. You know, a lot of people say, oh, bring back Derek Mears. He did a great job. Like, well, yeah, that'd be nice, but, I mean, why would you bring back the same person to play the same character in a different franchise? Yeah. Well, not different franchise, but different series. <sighs> I can't believe they're rebooting that again, too. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so this is sure to be a nightmare. I hate huh? you. <laughs> but uh, we'll... we'll uh, keep you posted on it and let you know whatever other bullshit happens with it. So speaking of remakes, the 1997 classic Disney film I didn't know about this. Really? No. Uh, Tower of Terror is being remade. Um, not exactly as it's more just another adaptation of the ride right. being made into a movie. Uh, for you, those of you like Tony who didn't know, like I said, it was from 1997. It, st- it starred the Goots, <laughs> Steve Gutenberg, Carrie Mahoney himself, as well as a very young Kirsten Dunst. It's probably, what year did Jumanji come out? 96 or 97, wasn't it? 95. Okay, so right around that same same time, not much later. Uh, the new Tower of Terror ride, which, by the way, may or may not be where I got my name. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh. <laughs> I, th- I always thought it was Tales of Terror. What's that? I think it's a movie. Oh. Or maybe a book. I don't know. I th- no, just, I, I just totally ripped off Tower of Terror. Oh, well. Learn something new every day. <laughs> We've been friends for over a decade. We're still learning things about each other. But yeah, the uh, the ride is being adapted into a new movie based on an outline by John August, although he is not writing the bitch. script. John August is a a often 
collaborator with Mr. Tim Burton. Mm, mm, mm. He was at one time writing the script for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Mm, 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 mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, this movie is said to be in the style of Tim Burton. That could really bite them in the ass. Yeah, if they don't get Tim Burton. Right. I wonder if they're pursuing him at all. I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> say. Um, no real word on what the movie's going to be. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with the ride, it's in a haunted um, hotel. And you basically go up, I think, 13 stories and then just drop like a rock. Yeah, it's like an extreme scream, except more atmospheric, I guess. Yeah, it's also, it's the whole ride is based on an episode of Twilight Zone. Yeah. Uh, is it? Yes, it is. Why did I think it was Alfred Hitchcock? I don't know, because you're dumb. I am dumb. That's true. Dumb, 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 dumb. So that could be interesting, uh, or it could be shit. We're still waiting on Guillermo del Toro's Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Get the bad taste of that Eddie Murphy movie out of our mouths. Yeah. Saw it on uh, On Demand earlier today. I was working from home, just trying to find a movie to watch. I almost put it on. I don't know why. I don't know. Because you hate yourself? I guess. <laughs> um, but that was bad. Um, my girlfriend likes this movie, apparently, the 97 one. Really? Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> So, we'll see how this goes. It's got Steve Gutenberg. How could it miss? <laughs> Lava Lantula? <laughs> Marcus Dunstan and Patrick Melton are working on a new TV series. Um, it's going to be titled Monstropolis. Like Monsters, Inc.? Yep, pretty much. Yeah, okay. Um, it's, it's got a familiar premise, but I can't really figure out why. Um, the plot is that monsters are real, living amongst the humans in the city of New Manhattan, which is also known as Monstropolis. New Manhattan. So is this in the future? Sounds like it. Okay. This takes world takes place in the world of Futurama. <laughs> yeah. New New York. Um, but now someone is killing monsters and is up to one disgraced detective to stop the killer or become the next victim. You know what it sounds like? It sounds very similar to the Happy Time Murders. It does sound very similar to that. Uh, it's basically, sub out monsters with puppets, puppets and it's essentially the same thing. Uh, I don't. I don't know about this. <laughs> I mean, I like Dunstan and Melton. Yeah, they they did Saw. Wait, did they do the first Saw? No, no that was Lee One. Oh, they did the shitty Saws. Never mind. <laughs> they did Feast. They did, but then they did Feast 2. And then they did Feast 3. Yeah. Which had their own kind of merit, I guess. That's one word. Um, 
Looks like it's going to be uh, airing on ABC if it actually makes it that far. <laughs> well, it's 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 a put pilot, so they they will air the pilot, or else they have to give them a bunch of money. Oh, interesting. Yeah, apparently this is a thing that they do in Hollywood. They basically they basically guarantee to air the pilot. You wouldn't think a studio would give up that much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, after a bidding war. ABC uh, got the rights to it. So I guess we'll see a pilot then, at least. Yeah. I hope they change that title. It's very bad. It sounds so fucking corny. Monsters, Inc. is the first thing that comes to my mind, like, immediately. Yeah. So we'll see. Don't hope for much. <laughs> so we've got some updates on the latest season of American Horror Story, nicknamed Hotel. Or subtitled, I guess, is a better word. Subtitled, yeah. yeah there we go. Uh, it's going to be based on the story of Elisa Lamb. If for those of you who don't remember, Elisa Lamb was a Canadian tourist who was found dead in the water tank at the Cecil Hotel, yeah. uh, buck-ass naked. And there was the police said there was really no way she could have gotten in there by herself, so they don't really know what happened. But there was surveillance footage that circulated the Internet shortly before her death of her acting very erratically. Uh, there's been lots of people who talk about maybe she was possessed or maybe she was being followed or maybe she was on drugs. Yeah, maybe she was just schizophrenic and having an episode. Maybe. No one really knows. Um, I'm going to go with that one. There was supposed to be a movie about this called The Bringing, which is just a god-awful name. Uh, I don't know if that's still that's in development that's or not. generic. Yeah. It's a the-ing word. Yeah. Um, but apparently now this is going to be about that as well. Uh, I'm interested to see how they expand this fucking story into a season of a TV series. There's not much to it. There's really not. I mean, it's, it's not it's all that be, interesting. It's it's going to be very loosely based, I'm sure. Yeah. And there, there's also a uh, a serial killer involved in it. Sounds like multiple serial killers. Um, At least, you know, as passed through characters, uh, like the 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 length of their stays at the hotel, I guess, are in question. But oh, maybe that's what it is. There's like serial killers that come through. Could be. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, the the Cecil Hotel was home to the Night Stalker for a while, and then there was was another one that stayed there for a while. I think. I don't know. <clears throat> Well, anyways, uh, according to creator Ryan Murphy, it is called Hotel, and it's set in a hotel. Oh. Novel that. I get it now. (laughs) Uh, Murphy disclosed that the hotel will be set in downtown L.A. Obviously, if it's the Cecil Hotel, it's going to be on Skid Row. He said, we deal with a lot of American horrors, including addiction. The season we're doing this year's... the season we're doing this year harkens back to the first season, which is much more rooted in honest primal fears. I really, it was really the only one that didn't suck. I didn't think Coven was bad. I know a lot of people did, but 
I didn't like it very much. Well, all right. <laughs> I know a lot of people bitched about it because they, it was supposed to be promoting uh, feminism and you know just strength in being a woman, but it kind of yeah. And then they were fighting that. over a guy or yeah. something. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. I didn't realize that like every season of American Horror Story is so prominent in the LGBT community. Well, Ryan and like, Murphy. Oh, I know that Ryan Murphy is gay, but I, I didn't realize that they made like such an effort to make that a focal point of the show. Maybe not a focal point, but a point in the show. Do do they? I, I hadn't. That's what I had read. Yeah. I guess I never really picked up on that. Um, and you know, this year the gay icon Lady Gaga is going to be be in it, uh, yeah. playing Elizabeth, the owner of the haunted hotel. So apparently, the hotel is also haunted. Of uh, Kathy Bates will play Iris, the hotel manager. Sarah Paulson will play hypodermic Sally, an addict who she described as quite dark, vile, and nasty. Paulson said, I think she's sexy. She's a drug addict. Not that drug addicts are sexy, but this girl happened to be quite sexy. She's unlike anything I've done on the show. Really unlike anything I've done anywhere. She's talked in a circle. Yeah. She made no sense there. Pretty much, yeah. Drug addict is sexy, but drug drug addicts aren't sexy, but she's sexy. That's that's what she said. Yeah, that's almost exactly what she said. Uh, Lily Rabe, who is is an alum, of course, will play Eileen Warnos. You know, I I totally meant to look up how her name is pronounced, and I didn't. (laughs) Good. Well, she is a a real-life serial killer who killed seven men between 1989 and 1990 and was the subject of the movie Monster, played by Sir Charlize Theron Mm -hmm. in that um, I, I have to assume they're going to do her up because Eileen Wernos, I think it's Wernos, um, she has a very distinct look. <laughs> I remember Charlize Theron in Monster looking not so hot. Right. She's pretty beat up. Yeah. Uh, also joining the cast this year is Madgen Amick from Twin Peaks. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, she's going to play the mother of a young boy who becomes ill. With Chloe Savini playing the boy's doctor. I don't... I can't buy... Are you familiar with the movie Brown Bunny? No. Uh, Chloe Savini, like, real life, blows a guy on camera. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I just... I, I can't take her seriously as a I mean, doctor in now. in season two, she played a fucking nutcase. It's true. I forgot she was in that. Yeah. I didn't even watch the whole thing through, so I, my memory of it is sketchy. Fair enough. Well, this is going to debut on October 7th. I'll probably do the same thing I do every year, which is watch the first four or five episodes and get bored with it. <laughs> Did you even do that with uh, Murder House? Uh, Murder House, no. I watch Murder House all the way through. I, you know, They say that this is going to be closer to season one, which is Murder House, of course. Um, I hope that they can do that. Yeah, I liked season one. Yeah. Um, I felt that they did a good job of keeping keeping things fresh enough that you you wanted to know what was going on the next week. Yeah. I just worry that the, sh- the American Horror Story, it's like lost its novelty. That could be. When it first started, you know, it was exciting because, oh my God, it's a horror TV show. Right. 
but now that it's been on for four seasons already, I just feel like it doesn't have the same cachet. Yeah, could uh, be. So, but and uh, no Jessica Lang this year. Yeah, and this, I can't believe that's happening. It's replaced her with fucking Lady Gaga, who I can't stand. <laughs> Lady Gaga. I'm trying to think of anything else she's acted in. The only thing I can think of is Machete Kills. Yeah. I just don't like her. Like, I don't like her face. She's kind of like a female Kanye. A little bit. Very, like, attention-starved. and Yeah. It's like, I'm just going to do things weird because I'm weird. I like Donald Glover's bit about Kanye touring with Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> He's saying like, like Kanye starts playing a piano, but it's not a piano; it's a live bear, and the bear wants to eat him, but he can't because he respects him so much. He's like, "Oh, I want to eat you, but you made graduation." <laughs> and Lady Gaga's playing a stand-up bass, but instead of a stand-up bass, it's just a tampon, it's just a giant tampon, and at the top is Tony Danza's head, and he's just like, "Boom, boom, 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 boom." boom. <laughs> God. Oh, so good. Yeah, so uh, here's hoping that uh, this season of American Horror Story is good. Here's Freak, hoping. Freak Show started out strong. I yeah, I, the first couple episodes, I was like, okay, this this looks like maybe a return to form. And then it just kind of... There's another one. I didn't. And then they killed off Twisty, and I was like, oh, well, I liked him. He was the best part of the show. Yeah, they, they killed off Twisty and replaced him with the fucking Dandy. Was that his name? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like him. It's like I don't give a shit about this guy. He's just a, a weird dude. I don't. Yeah. Um, I meant to go back and watch the NPH episodes, but I just haven't done that yet. I watched like a couple of them. I didn't. I didn't. That, another one I didn't finish. I didn't. I didn't make it all the way through the series hmm. or season. So well, here's hoping they do return to form. Uh, like I said, debuts October seventh on FX. So this could be cool. Uh, coming down the pipeline is a movie about H.H. H. Holmes. Uh, for those of you who don't know, H.H. H. Holmes was pretty much regarded as America's first serial killer. Uh, he confessed to the murder of 27 people, but it's believed that he could have killed upwards around 200. <laughs> um, he did it all in his hotel that he uh, constructed for the 1893 uh, World's Fair in Chicago. That he constructed? He had constructed, yes. Is he rich? Uh, he, yeah. He um, was very good at getting people to uh, in, invest in life insurance policies and then killing them. Well, like he would get people to sign life insurance policies with him as the sole beneficiary, huh. and then he would kill them. That seems like a pretty, pretty good uh, strategy. What the fuck is the word I'm looking for? Like when the cops motive. Motive. Uh, yeah, apparently Chicago cops weren't very smart back then. Apparently. Um, but yeah, uh, his hotel was nicknamed the Murder Castle. But anyway, um, they are. 
working on a film uh, to star Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Leo! As Holmes. Um, he doesn't really look anything like A.J. Holmes, but whatever. Um, this is an adaptation of Eric Larson's The Devil in the White City, Murder, Murder, Magic, and Madness at the Fair that Changed America, which was a pretty extensive study on Holmes. Um, it's going to be directed by Martin Scorsese. Scorsese. What? <laughs> That's how it's pronounced. How do you know? Because I've heard him say it. Well, what do you know? Um, what does he know about how to pronounce his own name? Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> uh, this is not the first time that the that uh, DiCaprio and Scorsese. Scorsese. Whatever. <laughs> fuck. Uh, have worked together. Um, he uh, previously directed uh, Gangs of New York, The Aviator. The Departed, Shutter Island, and Wolf of Wall Street. So they're pretty familiar with each other. Oh, that's right. He didn't do Gatsby. No. Uh, I'm mixing Entourage and real life in my head. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gatsby. That was Boss Lerman. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, this is being financed at, uh, by Paramount after they won a... Sounds like a pretty cutthroat bidding war for the rights. So... Um, yeah, this could be pretty interesting. Holmes is quite a point of uh, discussion for a lot of people. Uh, there's not necessarily concrete, but some pretty compelling evidence that he could also be Jack the Ripper. Oh? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if they'll necessarily touch on that in the movie, but yeah. Is, so is, is the movie called The Devil in the White City, or does it have a name yet? I don't know that it has a name um, I have to assume if they're going to be basing it directly on the book, then it might be called The Devil in White City. But I don't. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I imagine we'll hear more news about this. So, um, yeah, I, I would like to see this. How okay. All right. Thanks. I'll let you. <laughs> Dick. Um. So yeah, uh, we'll keep you posted on this as we hear more. Um, but it sounds pretty exciting. just occurred to me that I started this story but didn't finish it, so good looking out finishing it for me. <laughs> uh, we've talked before about Friday the 13th being adapted into a television series. It's now been confirmed that it's going to be on The CW. Hey. Mm. Um, it's going to be written by Steve Mitchell and Craig Van Sickle, creators of the 1996 NBA series The Pretender. What have they done since then, if that's what they're still being credited for? (laughs) Uh, Mitchell described it as, bear with me here, true detective meets Twin Peaks on acid. I hate, I hate everything. (laughs) Uh, Some quotes from Mr. Steve Mitchell. What we really wanted to do when they came to us and said, hey, let's do Friday the 13th. 
I don't think we really wanted to do a show about a guy with a machete chasing girls in tube tops. Because why would you? Why would you do that? I mean, that's just what every single fucking movie is about, but why would you ever even consider that? So they came to us and said, we want to do Friday the 13th, the TV show. And we said, well, we don't want to do Friday the 13th, the TV show. (laughs) We couldn't do that on a weekly basis. So then we started thinking, so why don't we do something? Because everybody will think, how can you do something with that? We thought, let's surprise them. Did he even think before he said this? Uh, Probably not. My God. Hey, we can't make this idea into a weekly TV show, so let's take the concept and make it completely different. (laughs) Just so we can have a TV show. To surprise them. Because that's what the world needs. Uh, Mitchell went on to describe it as a sophisticated horror crime thriller. Oh, God. Uh, He says it's about the ongoing quest of a detective search for his missing brother that is somehow tied to Jason Voorhees. I don't know, like he fucking killed him. <laughs> a long thought dead serial killer who has now returned to wreak havoc in the new Crystal Lake. So they... It's new. Oh my god. The mass Jason is being reimagined with a stronger feel of grounded reality. <sighs> What's oh. that? You want to hear more about this new Crystal Lake? No. Crystal Lake is not just Crystal Lake anymore, just this place out in the woods. It's this thriving town, sort of like Silicon Valley. There are these rich people, a lot of young rich people, probably very good looking, with a lot of money and a lot of time, neither one well spent. And there's the old people who grew up in this town. It's like the town from Jaws. It's like Amityville 20 years later, and someone says, I think the shark is back. Everyone is like, oh shit, we can't have the shark back. We've finally grown up as a town, and we have all this mythology, but it ruined our city. Okay. I, I can't do this anymore. So apparently I'm doing the rest of the show on my own here. Um, Mitchell goes on to say, so what ends up happening is a cop comes to town looking for his brother. He realizes his brother was there searching into the past murders and realizes that his personal story is tied into Jason's personal story. Part of the fun of the show is exploring, is this Jason or is this a copycat? Is it possible that Jason has been around all these years? Is Jason a monster? Is he real? Is he a serial killer? And really exploring who and what Jason is is part of the whole thrill of the show. I came back. I'm not going to let them win. (laughs) Uh... Oh, my God. I I don't even know where to start. So there's more. Hmm. What we're going to do is basically acknowledge that the people came to this town after these killings happened, and they made all these movies. What? It's so meta. Mm. And now the town has a stigma. Our show is, here's the true story. Here's the real story of Jason. It's been taken and exploited. So we have the young crowd who doesn't know who he is except for what they've seen in the movies. The older crowd is afraid of him. We have a lot of people who have scars from him. The underlying thematic of the whole thing is that Jason is a monster in this town. He openly wears a mask. But everybody in this town wears a mask. Underneath those is the monster. Oh, fuck me. God damn it. What a dumb fucking idea. Here's the worst part. Sean S. Cunningham is letting all this happen. Fuck him. He is the executive producer on this monstrosity. No, no, fuck, no fuck that asshole. He was the same dickhead who made the first movie, and then when the second movie came out, he's like, oh, well, they shouldn't have made a second movie. 
and now he's taking the uh, taking the lead on this. Taking the money. Well, whatever. It's like fuck you, dude. Yeah. I mean, talk shit about this fucking franchise that has become iconic and like part of uh, American culture, maybe like world culture in some respects. And then you exploit it and turn it into this bullshit. Yep. What the fuck? This is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. This is worse than a couple of cousins retrieving cursed antiques. (laughs) This is worse. I was just going to bring that up. Um, That's that's quite the statement. I don't know if I can go that way. This is worse. I stand by that. So, yeah, it's... It sounds like there's... I'm not... I guess I... I guess I see Twin Peaks and I see... Uh, well, no, I don't see Twin Peaks. I see True Detective, and I see a little bit of Town That Dreaded Sundown with the whole, like, movies being used in the story. This is... It's it's stupid. What? They're treating Jason like he's this guy, like... Oh, it's like, oh, you better lock your doors and windows because Jason might come into your house. It's like, no! That's not how Jason works. <laughs> no! Jason... Occupies that lake. That's why you don't go there. Not the entire fucking town of Crystal Lake. Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it. God damn it. Tony's pouting now. This is why we put this story last. Because I knew Tony wouldn't be able to last the rest of the show. I'm so fucking mad. This is worse... Then when, when they announced that they're re- remaking the movie, this this makes me. Oh more yeah, upset. No, this definitely is. Yeah, I agree with that one hundred percent. And it's going to be on the CW of all networks. Yeah, and so that means it's going to be like not only no gore or like like minimal gore. But I don't expect all, much, if any. All it's going to all be CGI and bad CGI. I've watched enough Supernatural to know that's the case. <laughs> So, look forward to Friday the 13th, the TV series, coming to us, the CW. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Don't encourage them. If if none of us watch this, then they won't continue to air it, and they'll stop fucking up, Jason. Hopefully. Nobody watch it. Hopefully. Well, how are they going to make money if nobody watches it? Advertising. I don't know. I don't know how TV works. <laughs> I don't get stuff. <laughs> I don't watch anything as it airs. So. Um, all right. Are you good? Take a drink of water. Go ahead. I got a little bit of whiskey if you need it. Remains. Uh, Purge 3 is a thing that they're doing. To us, this is kind of interesting. Only in the fact that I thought the purge was going to be like an anthology, and it was going to be like a new story every year. But apparently, Frank Grillo is reprising his role as sergeant, and they're continuing the story of anarchy. Mm. Purge movies are bad. Yeah, the second one was bad. 
first one's better. Apparently people liked it. Well, I, I know, but I mean, this is a continuation of the second one, so the first one doesn't really matter anymore. But apparently some people liked it. Um, They're fools. If you did, good on you. They're sheeple is what they are. Uh, Resident Evil is coming to the stage in Tokyo. It's going to be titled Biohazard The Stage, and it will follow an original story about a viral outbreak in Western Australia. The anti-terrorist unit, including fan favorites Chris Redfield and Rebecca Chambers, are set to investigate. Like I said, this is going to be in Tokyo starting in October at the EX Theater Roppongi. That's how it's spelled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Prometheus 2 is apparently going to start filming in January. I didn't realize they were that close. Um, it's being written by Michael Green and Jack Paglin. Uh, Michael Fassbender, Numi, God, I can never remember how to say her last name. Numi. Rapus. Probably not Rapus. Probably not. Rap Ace. Looks like Rap Ace. You, you, you know. You know who she is. You, you, know. you know. You know her. She's a rap ace. Yeah. She's very good at rapping. So good. Uh, they're coming back in their roles. Uh, Michael Fassbender has agreed to not unfurl his giant monster dick. <laughs> um, has he really? Is that in his contract? <laughs> I don't know. I want assurances before I go see this. Um... Also starring is going to be Guy Pierce, Idris Elba, Logan Marshall Green, and Charlize Theron. So it's a pretty star-studded cast. I'll say. Um, I said that. Sorry. I was no. agreeing. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I was saying I would say it if you hadn't upset it. But since you said it, I don't have to say it. But I said it. Yes, Tony. <laughs> Creature from the Black Lagoon remake gets a new writer. His name is Jeff Pinkner. He wrote for Lost Alias and The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which has not come out yet. Wait, yes, it did. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking... They've uh, moved on beyond or past that now. Right. Uh... Some good credits, I guess. I mean, two TV shows, so I don't know. Well, people like Lost and people like that Alias. Not a lot of people seem to like Amazing Spider-Man, but I think that's mostly fanboys that didn't like it. Hmm. Anyway. I don't know. Uh, Sony released a bunch of release dates for their horror movie, Slate. Uh, movie Patient Zero is coming out uh, on September 2nd, 19, or 20, not 1916. <laughs> 1916. <laughs> you already missed it. Good luck finding a copy. Uh, no. September 2nd, 2016, Underworld 5, which is... Oh, wait. No, that's the last one. Shit. Or no, is Awakening the new one? Taylor's looking it up. Uh, it's coming out on October 21st, 2016, just in time for Halloween. Uh, Dark Tower. Underworld, the next generation. Really? Really. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Dark Tower. Of course, that's the Stephen King adaptation. Ron Paul is happening. Jeff. Yeah. Um, has a release date already. Uh, January 13, 2017. So you got a ways to wait. Uh, and Resident Evil, the final chapter. They promised... This is the last one. They said so. Although Friday the 13th said that. <laughs> uh, it's January 27, 2017. Uh, so a little ways to wait for those last two. But if you're fans, particularly of Dark Tower, it's going to be worth the wait, I think. 
spoke earlier about the strain. It has been picked up for season three, and apparently the plan is for it to air six seasons. All right. Um, Resident Evil 2, this is exciting, Has is it finally being remade by Capcom. Um, it's not a port or an HD remaster. It is a full ground-up remake. Um, ground up? They ground it up? Yep. They're going to make something new out of it. Like a hamburger. Yep. Like like you take a steak, you ground it up, and you remake it as a hamburger. <laughs> yep. That. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, um, this was announced uh, through a video message by uh, Capcom producer Yosh- Yoshiaki Hirabashi, uh, also known as H, like Horatio. Like heroin? Sure. I was taking Horatio from CSI Miami. Don't they call heroin H? I don't know. I don't do heroin. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't none done of it. us do heroin, right? I haven't done it lately. Um, yeah, no release date revealed yet. I mean, they just they fucking haven't announced made the thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, to kind of whet your appetite, in the meantime, an HD remaster of uh, Resident Evil Zero. Uh, is going to be released next year in 2016. Resident Evil Zero, of course, was uh, originally a GameCube game and uh, was a prequel to the first game. So Is that all you get is 2016? Nothing more specific than that? Hmm? Nothing more specific than 2016? Not that I'm aware of. All right. So that's it for horror business. So no interview, no special guests, so... Just go right into reviews. Just test us all by our lonesomes. Everybody hates me. Nobody likes me. How's that song go? Uh, Something about eating worms. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I guess I'll go eat worms. Right, there's some clapping. Clapping. Reviews, right? Yep. That's what we're doing? Yep. All right, let's do it. All right, Taylor, which one do you want to do first? Uh, Let's do Harbinger Down. Dutch Harbor Coast Guard, this is fishing vessel Harbinger. Informing you that we've dredged a piece of wreckage containing human remains. It's a tardigrade. His body must be riddled with that. What the hell are you doing, Spec? He's infected! You don't know that for sure! The body we found in the wreckage is gone. Are you okay? Get breathing! There seems to be an organism on the ship. It's gonna get even bigger.
right. Harbinger down is. <clears throat> excuse me. Harbinger down. Shut up. Uh, it's a 2015 American movie. America. Uh, it was independently produced by a special effects company. Independently produced, meaning kickstarted. Yes. Um, but they didn't have like a, a major studio backing them, or even a minor studio, really. Right. Um, yeah, so, like Taylor said, they... Well, we'll get into that afterwards. Uh, the movie basically centers around a uh, group of crab fishermen on their on their boat up in the Bering Sea. Along for the ride is a group of three, or I guess it's two college students and their professor, or maybe yeah. they're, maybe their assistants or interns or something. Um, but uh, one of which is uh, actually the ship captain's granddaughter and that's kind of how they chartered um chartered the ride basically uh ship captain is played by lance henriksen who you would know from monster brawl <laughs> yep wait what he was the narrator oh right i forgot about that i was gonna say he something. was god <laughs> basically i was gonna say something like really obscure like man's best friend or something Right, not something as well-known as Monster Brawl. Sure. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have thought of that since he didn't actually act in it. Guy. Derp, derp. Um, yes, his granddaughter, Sadie, uh, is one of the interns or students or whatever they are. Um, and they're on the boat to research the effects of global warming on a pod of orcas that they've been tracking. Um, so they're up in the fucking freezing temperatures of the Bering Sea uh, looking for this and they happen while like searching they happen across a Russian space pod that has apparently crashed there they it's got uh, Soviet tags on it so they figure it's got to be at least from the 80s um, they pull it up which Turns out to be a terrible, terrible mistake. Um, and as it, the, you know, it's obviously coated in, you know, decades worth of ice. But as they break it loose and, and melt it, they un- awaken and unleash this just monster th- thing. It's, it's, I guess it's described as kind of a virus. Yeah, well, they find, they find a, a dead spaceman inside the thing. Right. And, uh, apparently, whatever he had, uh, yeah, I guess, I think they did call it a virus. Mm-hmm. Um, they discovered that this thing uh, absorbs living creatures, takes on their traits, um, but doesn't just transform and become whatever it's absorbed, it just absorbs the the abilities and, and like and traits of it. So it does not necessarily the features, just the the traits. I keep saying traits. I'm not gonna say traits anymore. Traits. <laughs> um anyway, so kind of becomes this battle to 
It's 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 very similar to the thing. It's almost exactly like the yeah. fucking thing. That was all I could think throughout the whole movie. Yeah, I was just like, okay, so apparently this guy wanted to remake the thing, and they told him no. So he was just like, okay, make spaceship a crab boat, and done. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they don't really know who could be infected with this. Um. Because this thing can go from a liquid form into a solid at will. Um, so it's impossible to track. And it can separate and recombine itself. It's kind of like the T-1000. Yeah. It's a T-1000. Yeah. Spoiler alert. It's not a T-1000. It's not a T-1000. It's the thing. <laughs> well, the thing couldn't like, melt down into liquid and then turn. That's true. Turn to something hard. Okay, so it's part part the thing, part T one thousand, part the blob. There you go. That's essentially what it is, and it does look like some fucked up, like pink bubble gum that's got like dirt and shit stuck in it. At one point, it has like lights in it. Yeah. What? I don't know where those lights came from. Was he electrocuting him? It or? basically looked like like it had like Christmas lights in its tentacles. Yeah. It looked and like Tron. <laughs> yeah. And, it, like, I couldn't tell if he was being electrocuted, and that was just bad. I thought he was just being strangled. I don't know, because I could have sworn I saw it, like, either. I don't know if my mind was messing with me and I actually saw, like, like electrical bolts. Like, little lightnings. <laughs> or if I was just, like, hearing it in my head. But I, I don't know. Um, either. Whatever. Do you want heroin? <laughs> I told you I don't do that anymore. Um, anyway, so let's talk about it, I guess. Okay. What did you think? I thought it was the thing. <laughs> Fair enough. I couldn't get past that. Um it's not a it's not a bad movie per se, but it's it is the fucking thing. Yeah, almost everything about it is the thing, uh, except instead of using fire, they use ice. Well, they do use fire at one point. True, but it's not like their main thing, right? Well, they don't have a, a flamethrower; they use a flare gun. Yeah, um, yeah. Their their main defense is as, as crab fishermen; they have to obviously keep their you know they're out at sea for weeks on end. Um, they have to keep their supply properly iced and mm-hmm. frozen. So they have just these big tanks of nitrous oxide. Um, and they just have like a hose they spray down into the tank and, and freeze them again. Uh, they modify a scuba tank into being kind of a mobile, it's almost like a fire extinguisher. More or less, yeah. Um, and uh, that that's kind of like their main defense against this thing. Um, I don't, did you catch like at what point they decided that that was their best option? Um, I know at one point the captain says the closest thing we have to a weapon is this liquid nitrogen. Okay. I don't really know how he came to that conclusion. I mean, I guess it worked to an extent. But like one of the characters says like freeze melts. Yeah. Yeah, there's this creepy Russian woman on board. And yeah, she says that... Or 
freeze melts virus forever or something like that. Yeah, she shoots a flare gun into one of the guys who's been infected, um, and he just bursts into flames, which I don't know that that actually happens. But you don't know what how flammable alien bacteria is. I guess. I know how flammable human flesh is. Yeah, but maybe it's different. Maybe you're different. But I'm special. Um, yeah, so she launches a flare into this guy. He bursts into flames, and you know somebody says, like, why didn't you just freeze him? And she says, because, like, ice melts and fires forever or something. Yeah. So, uh... One thing about this movie is there was like a B storyline, which I don't want to get too much into because it's kind of a, a twist, but it was absolutely completely unnecessary. B storyline. I don't think I follow. They find something out about a certain character that was oh. a surprise. Yeah. Well, I'm, I don't know that it was unnecessary. I mean, I, we can't carry on a conversation like this, so. Um, but uh, I found it unnecessary, and it didn't really make a lot of sense to me. It didn't? I didn't think so. It seemed a little convenient. Yeah. But aside from that, I don't know, but we're... we're Speaking very vaguely. And also, at one point, there was supposed to be submarines that showed up, and they just never did. Well, character did say 30 minutes, and I don't think it had been 30 minutes. It was an hour. They set a timer for an hour, and they said in 30 minutes the submarines will show up. Yeah. And the submarines never showed up. But was it 30 minutes? The timer got to zero. Did it? I don't remember that. Idiot. Fuck me. Anyway. Let's um, talk about the effects. That's the big selling point here, right? Yeah, this movie was uh, marketed as an all-practical effects movie. No CGI whatsoever. Mm, Incorrect. There was CGI. There was, but that's not how it was marketed. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was pretty disappointed when I saw that. Um, That's the thing is like since this is so strongly, you know, animatronics and prosthetics and practical effects, the CGI stands out like a sore fucking thumb. Yeah, because it's very poorly done. Um, yeah, this like I mentioned, this company that did it uh, and the director Alex uh, Alec Guinness, um, they are actually the owners of. Amalgamated Dy- Amalgamated Dynamics, uh, which is a special effects company, um, who've who've been around. Um, Tom Woodruff Jr. and Alec Gillis are both uh, formerly of Stan Winston Studios, so they've got some they've got some know how. And um, I mean, their credits are actually pretty profound. I mean, they have uh, Tremors, Alien Three, um, Mortal Kombat, Jumanji. Tremors 2. Tremors uh, 5. <laughs> uh, Starship Troopers and Nutty Professor 2. Oh, Starship Troopers. Uh, Tremors 3. 
<laughs> there we go. All the tremors. Uh, Spider Man, the Sam Raimi one. So I mean, they've got some some uh, good credits to their credit. <laughs> Say credit again. Credit. Um, I mean, the effects weren't bad. They weren't really what I was expecting, though. I guess I expected a little more, but maybe I'm just I've unfortunately just kind of jaded by big budget movies. That's possible. It's, I mean, I guess nowadays you just don't really see this kind of low budget practical effect movie to this degree. I make mean, I'm like a monster movie. I mean, when you do see practical effects in a horror, like an independent low budget horror movie, it's usually simple things like blood and um, you know, like guts and you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Gore. Um, Not monster effects. But yeah, monster effects. That's a dip. That's a different ball game. My thing is, I when when it was just the creature, I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. But when it was like a person who was infected by the creature and was being transformed into something else, they were a little lacking. Yeah. Um. At one point, the creature did look like a pink Audrey too. Audrey too. Little shop of horrors. Oh. Yeah. I was waiting for it to say, feed me, Seymour. <laughs> feed me now. Um, but, yeah, that. Uh, but, I mean, considering this was a kick-started movie, the effects were pretty good. Um, not up to the standard that I would expect from, a, like, a special effects studio such as this, but you know, when you've only got your own money to work with, then right, I guess there's some leeway that needs to be made. Um, looks like the budget was three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's pretty minimal. Maybe they shouldn't have hired Lance Hendrickson. Well, I know a lot of you are probably wondering how did they get him, but uh, apparently he works for Peanuts when it's a project he. Is like really behind. Oh yeah, yeah. Does he want to play a sheriff? <laughs> um. So yeah, like you know, as far as a comparison to it or not it, uh, the thing. I was gonna say no comparison. <laughs> Next. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of the same thing. There's, not, there's not even, no way you could watch this and not think of the thing unless you've never seen the thing or a preview for the thing or pictures from the thing or heard about the thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, think about this, like you're in freezing temperatures. Yep. Check. Secluded environment. Check. Uh, small group of people. Check. Um, and big giant monster that can shapeshift. Check. Well, sort of. It's not this monster didn't do the same thing as the th- as the thing to where it actually turned into a person. It would infest a person and take their body over. Yeah. I think it was described as it would actually replace every cell in its body or in the in the host's body or devour it or something. Something like that, yeah. Um, so it wasn't... It would manipulate their body into different ways. Yeah. Which were very much like the thing. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the the difference was that it didn't actually, like, 
Well, I guess the thing never really like um, like had to like touch you or something. Or I don't think so. I think it was airborne. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, you know, the thing never overtook somebody's body. It always killed that person and then turned into them. And another way that this is different than the thing is that more than one person can be infected at once. Yes. Yeah. Like I mentioned, this thing could turn into liquid. And at one point, it actually breaks down and starts spraying everywhere. And actually, a little little bit of shit gets in the guy's mouth. And it's just icky doo-doo. Yeah, it's no good. And then he has problems later on. Yeah. Um, the... There's one part, and like this is one part where the effects really stood out to me, where one of the characters gets infected, and there's these tubes that come out of their back, mm-hmm. and they kind of look like big tentacles or something, yeah. and then they just kind of gush, and like uh, the character is is doubled over, he's leaning forward, and the, these tubes are coming out and just gushing whatever. Spoojums. Grossness. Spunk. Yeah. Just <laughs> alien spunk. No, it's alien, but bacteria spunk. Yeah, just everywhere. But then when it stops and the, the character stands up again, it, it just looks like these like pool noodles stuck to, stuck to their back. <laughs> yeah, there were times. There were times when there were there were good effects, but there were times when it seemed like they were kind of cutting corners. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was one of them. And a lot of times, it almost seemed like they used the old the old cinematic effect. Like, uh, you know, Star Wars nuts will be familiar with it when they uh, did it to the, the, the sand cruisers when they wanted to hide the wheels on the bottom. They basically just took a bit of Vaseline and put it on the lens. <laughs> it almost looked like that's what they did at times. And whether or not that was a camera, like an intentional camera effect, I don't know. But that's, that's what it looked like. It looked like they were trying to cover something up. It's possible. Um, and then, like we said, the, the CGI when they do actually have it, it stands out so bad. There's a part where the the liquid from the the bacteria kind of like all groups together and then goes down a drain. Yeah, and it, it's very obviously just a CGI blob. Oh, that part! I don't know. That looked a lot like claymation to me. Well, it because it, it does it like three times in a row, and the first two to me looked like just CGI, and then the third one, yeah, looked like a claymation or some kind of stop animation. Yeah, because it kind of bunched up as opposed to just being a liquid going down the drain. Right. Yeah. Who knows? Um. And then they say the title of the movie twice. Twice, I only remember the oh, twice in a row. I, I just remember it at the very end. Well, yeah. That character says it twice in a row. Oh. They're like, Harbinger down. Harbinger down. So, spoiler alert, somebody survives. Spoiler alert, Harbinger goes down. <laughs> Hence the name. It's not just a clever title. Um... So I guess overall, what, what are your thoughts? It's very, very hard to get past the thing. Yeah. Uh, similarities to the point where it almost feels like just a ripoff. 
which which sucks because it makes me think that the movie's not as good as it probably is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did enjoy watching it, and I I do dig this the practical effects. Um, and you know I got to give credit to them for actually making a movie that is majority primary or um you know practical effects. So I'm saying. Uh, so yeah, I thought I thought it was good. It's not great. It's it's worth a watch. Mm-hmm. I would say um, if you haven't seen the thing, you might enjoy it more, <laughs> or you may not. You may not feel that same kind of. I don't know if nostalgia is the right word, but just yeah. kind of that you know familiar feeling. Yeah, that's that was the thing about a lot of these effects. It had a very reminiscent look to it. I mean, it it kind of took you back to the monster movies of seventies and eighties, mm-hmm. just because they used those same techniques um, to create their monsters. Just because you know those old like monster. Exploitation films, not the right term, but just those old grindhouse movies and stuff. Yeah, those were like ultra low budget, like this. Right, uh, like, not, not to like, say that the, the effects in this were that bad, but right. I was just going to say for the gripes that we have about the effects for three hundred fifty thousand dollars, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, not not just in effects, but the entire movie. Yeah, to I mean, to create these sets. Uh, whether or not, I mean, whether or not they were sets or like if they were actually on a ship, you know, that's that's a big to do. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine that was cheap, right? And then, I mean, you've got the effects of the the monster, the people who are infected by the monster. Plus, you've got the pieces like the spacecraft or whatever that they found in the ice. You've, you know, that somebody had to build that. Yeah. So for three hundred fifty thousand dollars, it's actually really well done for that at yeah. that cost. Um. And it just shows, you know, that you can still do these practical effects and make them look good. And the places where they didn't look good, uh, if a movie had a bigger budget, it could make them look good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd say if you even had, like, a million-dollar budget, that this would have been leaps and bounds. Yeah. Like, a superior movie. Um, Just because they're using practical effects. And what they would have been able to do with that movie, with that money. Basically, what we're trying to say is studios quit cheaping out, quit being lazy, and just do the damn thing right. Yeah. Practical effects are not as expensive as you think they are. And just, just like, uh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> you, you, you think that, you know, because, oh, well, if, if it doesn't look right, then we have to start over and maybe, you know, we have to replace something because it gets ruined doing it this way. Whereas with CGI, we can just, you know, edit, copy, paste, whatever. Yeah. But it looks like shit. Just do it right. You're making movies for millions of dollars. Yeah. You can you can do it. I promise. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's just the thing with, with studio movies. I mean, you're, the more money, every dollar you spend, you're cutting into somebody's bottom line and... People don't like to give up their money, so people can kiss my ass. Anyway, so uh, I guess maybe we'll just say what your rating is now. Five. All right. Uh, I think probably the same. 
five. Um, everything was well done for what it was, but as far as like the whole, I mean, basically being identical to the thing and um, just the whole thing as as a as a finished product, right down the middle. So five. All right. Uh, our second movie is from 2015, and it is called Final Girl. Veronica, would you like to come with me? Where? Well, I would be training you for a very important job. What kind of job? The kind most people can't handle. What do you guys do out there? We hunt. So, are you ready for a game? And I want you to run, Veronica. And then what? We hunt you down. Run! Only the one with the most will is the strongest. You're gonna have to do this mission alone. You are an interesting girl. Okay, so, Final Girl, like I said, from 2015, written by Adam Prince, Steven Scarlatta, Alejandro Seri, and Johnny Silver. Johnny Silver, that's a great name. <laughs> Sounds like a wrestler. Sounds like a porn star. Also that. Uh, directed by Tyler Shields and starring Abigail Breslin as the titular Final Girl. Yep. Uh, it's about Veronica, who, at five years old, loses her parents and is adopted by a person that you don't know who he is. He's the guy from Hunger Games. <laughs> oh, is that what he's from? Yeah, he's it's also West Ameri- Bentley. He's also an American Horror Story freak show. That's right, he is. As the dude with the face on the back of his head. Right. Um, Edward Mordrick. But Yeah, he adopts her. I don't know who he is, but he adopts her and then spends the next... Kind of get the impression that he works for some kind of... Corporate, like corporation or government agency, or yeah, yeah, something secretive. Then he spends the next 13 years training her to fight this group of guys who make a habit of taking women and hunting them. Right, it seems a little convoluted, a little bit. But at the same time, it also feels very lacking. Like, for one thing, these guys, the the, the hunters, they're probably in their early 20s. Mm-hmm. But if they've been doing this for 13 years, that means they've been doing it since they were like eight. Well, so- Or is it something that gets handed down? Like, is this something that their father has taught them? Or are they part of some kind of organization? See, I don't know, because they never really... We're very clear on that because when, uh, what was his name? William. Um, when he uh, adopts Veronica, essentially, um, it's never really clear what he's doing it for. Yeah, so, you don't know what his connection with these guys is. If there is one. I mean, this, this might be some kind of 
training program where there are assigned missions, and this just may be a mission that she has. Um, but yeah, if, if if it's the case where she has been training for this group of boys since she was five years old or however old, that seems a little silly. Yeah. But if it's, like I said, if they're like, you know, passed down from generation to generation or if they're part of some kind of larger group of hunting whatevers, none of that is explained. Yeah. Um, And I mean, that's really the whole plot. It's, there's not a lot to it. Yeah. They take her out to the woods as they do with their victims and... She kind of turns the tables on him. Yeah, that's essentially what happens. And that, that's not a spoiler because that's. I mean, you can you can look at the poster and see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot about this movie that's really open to interpretation. There really is. Yeah. I don't know whether or not that was intentional or just lazy. <laughs> it doesn't feel intentional. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel like they're saying, here's some of the story. What do you think happened? It felt like they're just like, this is how what we wrote. And we didn't think to add these other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, when did this even take place, for instance? I, I, I got the impression it was present day. That's That was my impression, too. But it's like, you think about it, like, think of like the style of... That everyone was wearing. Yeah, they're all wearing tuxedos. Well, I mean, even the girls, like Veronica and um, one of the boys has a girlfriend. I can't remember her name. Uh, but they're both wearing, you know, dresses that you might see in like the 40s or 50s. Jennifer. Jennifer, thank you. Uh, hairstyles. So it's like, when the fuck did this take place? Well, and they all go to a diner. Yeah. Like in the 50s, that was like the cool thing is you went to a diner and you got you got a malt. Yeah, you got your milkshake and your french fries. Which they do. They go and they drink milkshakes. So I don't, that's a good point. It, well, uh, looking at Wikipedia, uh, yep. it says 1950s America. Yeah. The, I mean, there's no confirmation of that, though. It's speculation, it sounds like. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, and, like, who are these kids that just decided they were going to start killing people. I mean... I don't know. That's what I keep saying. <laughs> um, should clarify that this isn't really a horror. It's more of a thriller. Yeah. Uh, kind of a action thriller. Yeah. Um, you know, sans a lot of action. There's, yeah. There's just kind of like intermittent points of action. But the thing is, they could have made it more of a horror if they had been a little gory yeah there that was it was definitely lacking in that department but there was plenty of opportunity yeah yeah i mean like there's this one kid who has an axe who how many fucking times did you want him to die dude i loved him really i hated that guy That guy's awesome (laughs) i couldn't fucking stand him he reminds me of bruno mars and he's just like super over the top with everything he's awesome I don't like flashy people like that. That guy's a great. They, they're fucking tools. 
Yeah, he's just like very uh, eccentric and fucking dances around. But he's over the top with yeah. everything. Like he's got like a big pompadour hairdo, and yeah. he just talks really loud. And yeah, did he actually have a southern accent, or did he just talk I don't know like that a lot? It was a southern accent, but he had some kind of accent. Yeah, he was obnoxious. Anyway, uh, he cracked me up. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, something I want to say before I forget. Um. That I thought this. Uh, this movie helped me realize that I don't think Abigail Breslin is all that great of an actress. Uh, I didn't know she. Act, she's not terrible. She's not. She's not the worst I've seen. No, but uh, she acts like she's in a like a school play, not a movie. You know, that was one thing about Harbinger Down that I didn't mention. That some some of the acting was not that great. I didn't think Sadie was a very good actress. No. I mean, yeah. She felt very wooden. Yeah. Uh, and something I forgot to mention was the relationship between her and the... I don't know if I forget his name. The guy with the beard. Yeah, the yeah. stud. Suddenly, like, in the course of, what, less than a day? The, like, totally ham-fisted love interest. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, by the end, they're, like... like Lovey-dovey. Yeah, cuddling on each other. Um, anyway, but back to this. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. She's, I mean, Abigail Breslin is... She's not an amazing actor, I wouldn't say. But I, I don't think she's that bad. Like, I think you, you hit the nail on the head when you said she acts like she's in a play. Yeah. She's... she's she, to me, she's not acting she's reciting lines she doesn't emote well yeah it seems like she's you know a lot of actors in order to create a sense of realism they won't recite thing they won't say their lines right off the script unless they've been instructed to they'll kind of ad-lib a little bit that brings a sense of realism to it she seems like she's reading right off the script like word for word, and that for me just really breaks things down. And just, like it, 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 it pulls me out of thinking of her as a real person and just thinking of her as a character being played. Hmm. So interesting. That was my impression. Um, my impression was she got them boobies. She has. She has grown up. Oh yeah, she's she's fucking gorgeous now. Yeah, she is. Fucking goofy little middle of the sunshine. I know, right? Yeah, she she turned into a very very pretty woman. Um, and and boobies. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't she still like seventeen? No, she's nineteen. Is she? Yeah. Oh, okay. Don't worry. I, I looked it up. <laughs> I'll bet you did. Uh, what did you think of the other guys? Um, there was one, Damn it, I can't, I can't remember any of their names. The, the main guy was named after your favorite whiskey. He's Jameson. I remember that. Of course you do. <laughs> you fucking lush. Um, mm, rum. Uh, Nelson and Shane are the other two. I'm trying to remember. Shane was the one with the girlfriend. Okay. Shane, another bad actor. He was dragging down that entire... His face looked really familiar to me. 
and like I looked him up and I didn't recognize anything. But like as I was looking him up, I was like, "Oh my god, I think that's fucking Donkey Lips from Salute Your Shorts." No, but no, that guy's like forty and like looks nothing like him. Yeah, but he kind of he kind of looked like him. All right. Uh, no, I, there were a couple of movies that I recognized him from, but now I don't remember what they were. Um, not a good actor. Very bad. Cameron Bright. That's the one. Um, he was in The Butterfly Effect and Juno. What was the one after Butterfly Effect? Thank You for Smoking? No. Who's in the Twilight movies? No. Whatever. It's not important. Um, yeah, I really wanted him to not suck so much <laughs> because, you know, I'm trying to believe this group of guys, they're all equally psychotic, and he really seemed like he didn't want to be there. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the point, though. Well, yeah, that, that was... Because he guess, was the only one with a girlfriend. Yeah. You know, so he was kind of rooted to the other world Yeah, that doesn't kill women. Um, yeah, I mean, these were... And it's even mentioned by Jameson at one point that all these guys, they're basically textbook sociopaths in that they have they don't have the ability to love anyone. Like, they are physically unable to love. Yeah. Um, and so Shane was trying to pretend, I guess. Kind of like if, if you ever watch Dexter, he kind of does the same thing. He, like, essentially tries to be human. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I sense that Shane was trying to do the same thing, but still. It just wasn't cohesive with the rest of the group. And it really, that fact made it stand out that he was not a very strong actor. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, it's a very artistic movie. I was just going to bring up the lighting. Yeah. The lighting is very interesting and very, like, signature looking. Every person that they show in their home, it's a well, every one of the the hunters, it's a strong spotlight mm-hmm. with a with a strong uh, drop shadow behind them on the wall. Yeah, every single one of them. Yeah, it's, and that's it's a connection I hadn't made before. I don't think it was intentional, but I said that um, Abigail Breslin seemed like she was acting more in like a stage play rather than a film. Yeah. And they all kind of had spotlights. Yeah. Even in the woods, it was like a spotlight. Yeah, maybe maybe it was a directorial thing. It could. Well, I mean, I don't know. Because, yeah, like with, with the lighting and the way things were shot, um, and to a certain extent, having very structured, set-based scenes, mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it almost translates to being a stage show. So, I hadn't put all that together, yeah. but now I'm thinking that was that was a choice to have her acting poorly. 
Well, I mean, maybe that's just like why you felt like that. Like maybe the way that she was directed was to make it feel like a play. I guess. I, mean, I suppose it's a possibility. I don't. I don't know that I believe that, but it's possible, I guess. Um. But yeah, I'm surprised I hadn't made that connection before. But it was very stage-esque with the spotlights. Like I said, something that didn't really occur to me, like I think I knew it subconsciously, but I'm not not really realizing it until now, was like I said, the very set-based scenes. Mm -hmm. Like there there were static scenes. Right, it was like, you know, we do this set... And then we do this set, and it doesn't. There's not a lot of moving around. Yeah, it's just like this this part of the woods, and then once this is done, then we move to a different part of the woods. There's not a lot of running from place to place. Yeah, or you know, you think about like the flashbacks um, during her training. All central centralized locations. They don't move. They don't travel. Uh, even like. The sequence of events between her meeting the, the group of boys and being out in the woods, you're in the diner, you're in the car, not outside the car, and you're in the woods. Yeah. Static. Not yeah. moving around. So uh, that was an interesting choice, I this think. This is Tyler Shields' directorial debut. What's his, Do you have his, his history pulled up? Um... He's acted in four movies. He wrote one movie that he's directing that's currently in post-production. Other than that, not a lot going on. Hmm. I I believe he's actually a photographer. That could translate to, I think. Um, Tyler Shields is an American director, writer, and photographer. There you go. Being Being a photographer, that would makes sense because he is used to constructing an image mm-hmm. um, that, you know, obviously the images don't move. Um, but that's definitely something that was very prominent. Yeah. Like, it's not something that you could have missed. Right. Yeah, and uh, spotlights were used a lot. Um seemed like pretty predominantly when somebody was dying or dead. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, not not only that, but... Right, I mean, to me, the most prominent was when they introduced all, all the boys. Yeah. They went to each one's individual house, and they showed them in their house getting ready, and every time it was just a strong spotlight. And like Daniel, when he's getting ready, he's in this, like, all-white room with, like, black-and-white checkered floors... And he, the only thing in the room is a hat or a coat rack, and so it's just this, you know, white wall with his shadow against it. That's all you can see. Mm-hmm. He's fucking dancing with his axe. Yeah. That was another thing. He had that axe through a series of events. Veronica has the axe available to her, and she doesn't use it. I'm wondering why she opted for chokeholds. Well, that's what her training was. I guess, but why? I don't know. Coast Guard? If I was being trained as a killer, I think it'd be a lot more satisfying to hit somebody with an axe than 
kill them with a chokehold. Yeah. Or a rock. What did you think about the plot point of the uh, the, the serum or whatever? Um... I didn't quite get the need for it. I didn't, yeah. It, I didn't see the purpose of it, I guess. Uh, when she was exposed to it, when William gave it to her, like actually dosed her with it, I could understand to an extent why he did it. Yeah, at that, I mean, and that as a plot point, too, made a little more sense because it gave you, you know, some of her insight that you wouldn't have normally gotten otherwise. Yeah. Um, but when she uses it on the boys, it seemed unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What did you think about the trick? Uh, not trick or treat. Truth or dare game. It was awkward. Yeah. Made me feel uncomfortable. And it's not like they were doing like, it's like, ooh, touch her boob. <laughs> it, it, it was a weird, weird way of playing it that I hadn't seen before. I don't, yeah. Basically had like little wooden tokens in a bag. And there's a dare on each etched one. into each one. Yeah. And you pull it out and you can, you get to know the dare before you pick truth or dare yeah which is weird yeah it's but like, if you get it twice you have to do the dare right um yeah i've never seen truth or dare played that way me before. neither because normally you don't get to know what the dare is before you pick yeah i think to me i guess it was just a weird situation i mean obviously it was essential to the movie but i mean there's just a group of four guys and a girl out in the woods playing truth or dare. Just something very rapey about it. Yeah, I was, it was kind of interesting to me that she goes to meet Jameson at the diner. And he's like, okay, let's go. And she's like, okay. And then they get outside and it's like, okay. oh, here's, here's here's my three friends that are coming with us. And she's <laughs> like, okay, sounds great. Where are we going? Yeah. Not, um, how about no? How about well, I don't get in a car did. with four random dudes and just go to nowhere? They did say that other girls would be there. Yeah, but not till they were already on their way. True. I don't know. I would think, like, I'm obviously not a woman, but... Well, that's, that's up for debate. Obviously. But if I were to be going out with a gentleman, and he... A gentleman suitor. A gentleman caller, and we get out to his car, and he's like, hey, my three friends are coming with me. They have no pants on. My first thought is going to be, fuck, I'm going to get fucking spit roasted. (laughs) That's awful. (laughs) What a terrible term. (laughs) You're welcome for that visual. Uh, But no, she's just cool with it. But then again, she knew what was going to happen going in. Yeah. Um. And he does tell her that they're not going to rape her because then she can't run. Right. <laughs> Which doesn't make it better. Yeah. Well, maybe. Does it? Yeah, I mean. No, I don't think it does. No, I, I guess not. I mean, it's it's really six They're and sporting one. fellows. That's what it is. Yeah. It's, it's six and one, half dozen the other. Uh, I mean, 
you either get raped and then probably killed, or you have to be chased through the woods and then killed. I mean, how to pick, you know? Yeah. Of course, I guess running through the woods, like, he, he, Jameson actually made a point that says, you know, there's four of us, we each have to cover 90 degrees of space. So your odds are actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which didn't... I don't really buy, but... No. Anyway. Anyway, the I don't know. This movie, it's... Like I said, the plot is very thin. Yeah. And the, the visuals don't really make up for it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just not a lot going on for 90 minutes. Yeah, it's true. Um, I remember, like I was, and the payoff is not there. Yeah, it's like you, you know, it, when when she's fighting these guys, you keep waiting for this big payoff, and then you just kind of get. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, like I made the mistake of holding off on watching both of these movies until last night. And instead of going home and immediately starting the first one, I waited a couple hours. So, like, I go to bed at 11 on a work night. Uh, This was about half over at 11 o'clock. So I actually stayed up late to finish this fucking movie. And uh, I was not thrilled about that when the ending came. You're like, I could be sleeping. Yeah. It's like, it was definitely a that's it. Type of yeah, and then it, like I said, it's it's each of these moments you're waiting for this payoff, and you just get, you know, kind of a, a dry rub. And, but then, like the whole culmination of the movie is just this, like, like you said, that's it. Yeah, it's like the movie's over, and you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah, and there's kind of like an uh, epi- that was neat. <laughs> there's kind of a sort of epilogue to it too, and that just like sometimes an epilogue can make a shitty ending better. This epilogue served no purpose whatsoever. No, it was just dumb. Yeah, it just kind of killed time. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I don't know. I I can't say I hated it, though, is, at the same time. Like, it's as much as we're complaining, I can't say I hated it because it is... I can't go so far as to say it's interesting. <laughs> but it... It's... It's okay. It's it does a decent enough job of keeping you going mm-hmm. to watch it until the end, even if at the end you're just shooting blanks. Yeah, it leads you to believe that the ending is leading up to something. Yeah, but it doesn't. No, but you don't know that going into it. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, and the, that's the other thing is there's. I mean, there's no payoff. The, the the ending is exactly what you think it is. Yeah. Yeah. There's no twist. No. So. And that's not. I mean, that even that is not really a spoiler because it it never leads you to think there's a twist. Right. The the cover and the trailer and everything says this is what's going to happen, and then that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. No surprises. No. But. Like I said, I don't I don't hate it and it's it's interesting looking if nothing else. Yeah, it's like the 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 style behind it was pretty cool, I thought. Yeah. I mean, 
if it whether or not it did take place in the 50s i don't know um but i've always had a soft spot for those like 50s 40s 50s styles yeah so whenever i see a movie like this that's that i think it's cool <laughs> because you're such an elvis fan or are you an elvis fan because of that I'm an Elvis fan because my dad, but no, I I don't know. I just I've always liked the the look that they had in the fifties, except for you know big lapels and jackets, but zoot suits. That's different. <laughs> I wore a zoot suit to my prom. I know. I'm telling them they don't they don't care. They might. It's nope. pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna post a picture on the <laughs> on the show notes. <laughs> Um, I'm not really going to do that because I was really fat in high school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do you think for a number? Uh, I think I'm going to do five again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's fair to give it a poor rating. Okay. I mean, um, cause just because I didn't enjoy this as maybe I could have doesn't mean that nobody else is going to like it. So I think it's only fair to just put it right down the middle. Okay. Um, I just think there could have been more of a payoff. And like I said, they could have put this more in the horror genre if they had actually, like, the... uh, I don't think it's a a spoiler anymore considering what we've already said, but when she kills the guys, they could show something. Yeah. That was side... I mean, you know, as... A blood and guts guy that kind of pissed me off that they sidestepped all that. Yeah. So uh, for me, I'm going to give it a four. All right. Not going too much lower, but still cost it a point. Yeah. Off of yours. Right. Not me. So those are our reviews. That's them. Which can only mean there's one thing left to do. Only one thing. I'm starting to remember. That, that's good. <laughs> um,. Yeah, it's it's plot holes. Plot holes is, of course, for those who aren't aware, a. I keep wanting to say a game, but it's not a game. So what do we call it? Um, a, a segment. Segment. Yeah. All right. Well, it's a segment of the show where we take the plot of a horror movie, we remove a bunch of words, and we replace them Mad Lib style. Tony does not know what the movie is. He does not know. Uh, he, uh, the only thing he knows already is what kind of words I want. So. Yeah, Tony. Just to let you know, like typically, I try to go with like gross and inappropriate. These are very sexual in nature. Oh my! I maintained a theme here. One of them's kind of gross. All right, I need an adjective. Fish smelling. That's the gross one. Present tense verb. Tickle. Well, slap and pickle. <laughs> adjective. Uh, engorged. Present tense verb. Squirt. <laughs> Two nouns. Uh, D's nuts. And my dick. <laughs> Adjective. Uh, rancid. Present tense verb. Jiggle. <laughs> and a noun. Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> I really liked Mario Lopez last time, so I was <laughs> another person. <laughs> All right, so now it is time to find out, as soon as the website loads, what Tony has done to the 1970 classic low-budget 
Wizard of Gore. <laughs> a sinister illusionist gets away with ghastly murders on stage in this unique horror story. Though Montag the fish-smelling appears to be tickled and gorged... What? What? What happened? Though Montag the fish-smelling appears to be tickling engorged volunteers from the audience with railroad spikes, chainsaws, and punch presses, the girls always smile afterward and walk away unscathed, leading the squirting crowd to admire the magician's D's nuts. That didn't really work. God damn it. However, each evening, those same women are found horribly murdered in similar fashions, leading a young couple to take interest in the case. Sherry Carson is fascinated with Montag's show and wants to feature Ma Dick on her afternoon (laughs) television program. Her boyfriend, Jack, is a sports writer, but he decided to investigate the rancid homicides that have plagued the city since Montag appeared. Eventually, it becomes clear that the magician is planning to commit mass murder by jiggling the audience of Sherry's TV show, and Jack has to act fast. But the evil Montag's magic has already warped the fabric of reality, and no Kelly Clarkson is certain. <laughs> that one didn't work out too well. No, there was some some problems there. Yeah. Well, they can't all be winners. Well, yeah, you done fucked up. <laughs> I was really hoping for a better result with these nuts, though. Yeah, that that didn't work at all. <laughs> that was the worst one of all of them. Yeah. But my dick always works. <laughs> Phrasing? It's <laughs> true. All right. Well, anyway. that's going to wrap it up for episode Fofo. Indeed it will. Uh, remember to go to musiciansfriend.grayplotpodcast.com get free shipping from musiciansfriend.com um two weeks what are we watching we are watching la slasher and the curse of downers grove hopefully hopefully we, we still don't know when it comes out on vod yeah or if it's going to be in a theater near us because it's coming to limited theaters right and that's always trouble for the seattle area right because we have to drive to like fucking redmond or some shit yeah so, hopefully, The Curse of Downers Grove. If not, I'll come up with something else. Yeah. Um, yes, and also interview. Yes, uh, pretty, hopefully. Pretty cool one. Looking forward to it. Right. Um, and uh, all that and more on the next episode of the Grave Plot Podcast. Until then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. Make sure you check us out at graveplotpodcast.com. Oh, this whole thing. And on Facebook and Instagram at graveplotpodcast and on Twitter at grave underscore plot. And make sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or tune in and uh, leave us a review. We want more reviews. Taylor will suck your dick off. That's not true. <laughs> Until then, I am still Tony. I am still Taylor of Terror. <laughs> This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all just a little dead inside.